If you want to understand how marketing is changing and how that will affect your brand, you need Future Proof, the podcast from Kantar that tells you how to find growth. Created in conjunction with Side Business School at Oxford University, the Future Proof podcast provides a unique perspective on what truly makes a difference. To understand what's winning in marketing, subscribe to Future Proof, a Kantar podcast now. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hello and welcome to Internet Marketing Episode 10 on Monday the 25th of September. And today we're talking about podcasting. Good morning, Mr. Rolls. How are you, sir? I'm very well indeed. I'm, uh, I'm quite looking forward to this one because we're going to reverse things a little bit. I'll be asking you the Ooh, questions. I'm in the hot seat. Absolutely. I can feel some questions coming up. So what are we talking about today, Daniel? Well, we're going to talk about podcasts, which hopefully you know a thing or two about. Well, if I don't, I'll just make up some... I'll try and be sensible about it. And Absolutely. Make up some, some realistic-sounding answers. Well, let's start off. I, mean, I, I think what's interesting to me is... Um, I mean, how popular do you think podcasts are now, and you know, why would somebody use one in the first place for their business? Well, it's definitely a growing trend. Um, I first started doing podcasts uh, probably not that long ago, actually, probably sort of towards the beginning of this year. And because it's such a new area, no one really knew sort of uh, you know how how fast it would work and how effective it would be. So the attitude that that, that I had was let's just do it and see what the response has been. So I can only really talk about the, the response that we've had um, with with ours. And it's definitely a growing trend because we're seeing the... We can measure quite accurately, actually, who's listening to the podcast. And we've seen the figures sort of go up in quite a nice steady way since we started. And um, I'm not quite sure if I should give the figures out, but uh, I think we'll be hitting a 1,000 users fairly soon now. So we're quite pleased about that. And I believe you've been having feedback already, which is a good thing. Yeah, no, we do. We've had a few people phone up and just inquire about things. And actually, you know, someone actually phoned and said, oh, I recognise your voice from your podcast. So that's quite good fun. So there's definitely yes. a kind of connection there. I, mean, we I bet got... you felt very famous. Oh, absolutely. It's my 15 minutes. <laughs> so we, I mean, we had a look at our weblogs as well. And we're, you know, since the beginning of September, we've had something like seven or 8,000 downloads of the podcast. Yeah, so it's definitely growing. I think it's it's definitely bigger in the states than it is at the UK at the moment. Absolutely, and and that's why it's such a good time if you're a UK-based company to consider adding podcasting to your arsenal of sort of internet marketing. Because I think it's important to think of it that way. Don't don't think of it as something you can do kind of on its own. I really do think you have to think of it as something you can add to your existing arsenal. Just think. In fact, I sometimes say to people, think of it as like sort of an audio version of a web page. Really, I know it's a lot more than that. But if if people are having difficulty sort of getting their head around what podcasting is. If they just think of it as an audio extension to their web page, then that's a pretty good place to start. No, I think you're right. I think it's, a, it's one of those things that is, is part of your arsenal of marketing tools. Um, and I mm. think it is, you know, people are getting the idea of what it's all about a bit more now. They um, are, and, yeah. and it, Because it's, it's a lot more personality-based as well, because you, you, know, you, you come across as an individual as opposed to, as to kind of corporate websites. So I think it can be very useful from that point of view as well. 
you're absolutely right there. Um, a lot of corporates now, a lot, a lot of the large corporates are, are using uh, podcasting to sort of personalise the message to their employees, uh, let alone their clients. So you're, you're seeing big companies now where the managing director will say something sort of, you know, once a week and it will go out onto a podcast. And, um, you know, some companies are even giving sort of little iPod nanos to their um, employees, you know, so that they can sort of hear what's going on direct from the horse's mouth, as it were. And it's, it's a very personalised experience. Yeah, it's very true. I mean, even, um, even people like Microsoft are using it. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they've obviously got um, problems with how people think about Microsoft. And they've obviously found a clever way of getting people kind of lower down the company to talk about projects they're working on and get people involved. Okay, Andy, so how do you go about creating a podcast? I mean, obviously, I should know a little bit because we've been creating this one, but I mean, what are the process in terms of recording it, editing, hosting it, and then the, the techie stuff just to get it out there in the first place? Well, the actual process is reasonably straightforward. Um, some companies are quite happy to do it themselves. Other companies say, well, we'd rather get someone to do it. But the basic process is that you obviously record it. Well, actually, maybe I should back up slightly. It's always a good idea to have a rough idea of what you're going to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure some people do do on-the-fly podcasts, and they can be very good. But first of all, have an idea of what you want to talk about. Maybe, you know, uh, narrow it down to sort of half a dozen questions or something that you want to be asked, such that the, the answers to those questions will be the information that you wanted to cover. And I always find that uh, podcasts tend to work better with two or three people, because then you have this, like, forward and backward conversation. So then you record it, so it's obviously the better the microphone you've got, the better the quality it's going to be, but you don't have to spend a fortune necessarily on software. I mean, I use Audacity. Sometimes I, I use Call Edit Pro, which has now actually been bought by Adobe, and I can't remember its new name, but most of the time I just use Audacity, which is a, a free program. And what that will do is it will produce a nice sort of long bit of talking, and when you've done that, you can then do some post-production, and what that normally involves is getting rid of all the ums and ahs, I won't get rid of those ones that I've just done because that's part <laughs> of the actual content. Uh, getting rid of all the sort of, you know, the, the, the stuff that isn't necessary, like, you know, someone's phone going off like-minded earlier, but hopefully, hopefully no, one, no one heard that. And uh, all the sort of ums and ahs and, and, and bits that aren't really relevant. So you end up with a nice, concise sort of piece of text or piece of talking, shall I say. And then it's a case of, you know, if you want to put music front and back, putting that on. And if you've prepared that beforehand, that makes it easier. And that's quite easy to do on Audacity. And then once you've got that and you, you like the sound of it, it's just a case of converting it into a, an MP3 file, which is a, a specially compressed file, so that the it sounds more or less the same, but it's it's only about sort of a tenth of the size that it would have been had it been a WAV, a WAV file. And then once you've done that, then you have to tag it. This is where you, you fill in the values for the tags. The tags are just special areas in the file that let you put like the title and the name and the description and some artwork and stuff like that. Can you do that with Audacity as well? No, you don't use Audacity for that. I use some other software to do that. You can right. actually use iTunes to do that. Okay. I use a, a special piece of software called Audio Shell to do that, which is rather good. If you just Google Audio Shell, you'll, you'll find that. And then once we've got that, then we, uh, we have to prepare the feed file. The feed file is, is just a little XML file. XML is, is a special language that's very good at describing things. It's just a plain text language. And we produce one of those either automatically or manually. And because I'm such a geek, I do mine manually. <laughs> it's pretty impressive, isn't it? And that, well, it's not really. It's pretty silly, really. I should automate the process. But what basically what that feed file does is it tells the various feed readers, for example, iTunes is probably the best-known one, sort of where to get the files from and what the description of the episode is and how many episodes there are and where to find the artwork and all that sort of stuff. And so you edit that and you basically post that feed file plus the MP3 file to wherever you're hosting your podcast. And basically it's, it's as simple as that. And anyone that has subscribed to that feed, of course, you know, next time someone fires up iTunes or, or, or some other sort of feed reading software, you know, 
whatever it might be, it goes and looks at the feed and says, oh, yes, there's a, there's a new episode on there, and it's called this, and it just appears in iTunes and automatically starts to be downloaded. So that's the power of it. Okay, fantastic. So, I mean, from that, there's a couple more questions that come out. Because are there any um, sizes that you have to set your podcast to in terms of file size or time limits, you think? Yeah, basically, it's a fairly straightforward relationship. The longer your podcast, obviously, the bigger the file's going to be. And it also... The size that you end up with depends on a number of parameters that you use when you actually encode your MP3 files. So one of those is like the sample rate, one of those is like the bit rate. Using the defaults in in Audacity, you normally can't go too far wrong. Okay. I mean, in a, a sort of a 30-minute podcast usually ends up being around about 10 megabytes in size as a very, very rough guide. Uh, but obviously there are there are things to consider because when you start putting a lot of podcasts onto wherever you're hosting them, you know, if they're 10 megabytes in size sure. each, uh, two things start to happen. First of all, storage starts to become significant, but possibly even more significant than that is as more and more people start to download it, then your bandwidth can get quite high. Yeah. And well, what some people do, what a lot of people do, is they'll start off hosting them perhaps on their own website, which isn't possibly isn't the best way of doing it, although a lot of people do start off that way, especially if they don't know how popular their podcast is going to be. But there are a number of, of uh, specialised services that are specially designed to host a podcast. One of them is Libsyn, L-Y, no, L-I-B-S-Y-N, Dot com, which is worth looking at. And there are a few other ones. It might be worth also looking at Jellycast, which are, I think are a UK-based um, operation. And that is, of course, where Ricky Gervais um, hosts his famous podcast, because yeah. it is, in fact, I believe, the most popular podcast, I think, in the world. I'd probably be quoted wrongly on that. but um, okay. So Jellycast is another place to look at, and there are one or two others. We'll put them in the show notes. Um, so if you have got a podcast that's becoming very popular, and then the sort of the bandwidth is going up because a lot of people are downloading it then it might well be time to sort of move it over to one of these specially hosted companies yeah we had exactly that where um we weren't sure how popular this podcast was going to be and we looked at our our weblogs this month and as i say we have between seven and eight thousand downloads now that yes becomes quite yes. a bit of bandwidth and you've got a 10 meg file um, yes and our limit was one gig and i think we used seven or eight gigs yes so um we are now moving it's kind of a happy day and a sad day it when is, you get that email yeah. from your ISP saying, mm, your bandwidth is going to the roof. Because I suppose you're laughing and you're crying at the same time because yeah. you've got an extra bandwidth bill, but you know, think, oh, maybe it's time to host it somewhere else. Yeah, we're moving to a, a kind of dedicated server now, so that means we've got no Excellent. bandwidth limit. So the more the merrier the downloads when you're on in. Fantastic. Well, there's your cue, folks. Download this podcast. Subscribe. So what are the, um, what are the expenses of Oliver podcasting? I mean, we've talked about the software and things like that. Yeah. Um, the hardware is expensive or no not really it's a good idea to invest in some decent mics if you want to get your quality as high as possible then I would say possibly the most important part rather than the software is the hardware and it's the microphones but you can get some very nice mics out there I mean we're using right now both of us because we're doing a thing called double ender which I'll come on to in a minute Uh, but we are both using the Samsung hang on let me check what's the model number on this it's the it's the Samsung USB Studio Condenser, the CO1U, and this is quite a highly recommended mic in the podcasting world. It's very easy fact, to use. It is, and in fact, when you buy these mics, they have a big sticker on saying, ideal for podcasting, which you normally have to peel off because it looks a bit naff if you're sort of out, you're sort of out and about with um, a microphone that says ideal for podcasting on it, but it's a fantastic mic. It's a condenser mic, which means that uh, rather than having a big diaphragm that moves backwards and forwards with a coil attached to it, it uses a sort of glorified uh, capacitor as the diaphragm. And, and the result of that is it's very, very good on the top end. You get a lovely, de- uh, sort of detailed top end to the voice and quite a smooth bass response. 
The other nice thing about it is it plugs di- directly into the USB of your computer, which avoids some of these problems that you have. For example, if you're using a dynamic mic, th- these are the sort of mics that have uh, you know, a, a diaphragm and a coil in, and you plug those into your sound card. The sound cards on a lot of computers are quite noisy, and you often get little sound flaws in them. But with the, the Samsung, then it's really nice because it's going straight into the USB. It's bypassing your sound card, and it's a lovely, clean sound. So that's a, that's a good mic that I would recommend to people. Okay. It's, it's not such a good mic if you want to have lots of mics going into one computer because there are a few issues with it. But if it's just like one mic, one computer, like the way we're using it today, then it really is a very good uh, mic to consider purchasing. And not hugely expensive in the UK. I think we're looking around about £55, £58 in the US. 80-something dollars, something like that. Just Google Samsung, you'll find it. Excellent, okay. So the only other expense I was thinking about is what about if you want to put music on your podcast? Do you have to pay for licensing? Um, are you allowed to use any music? What's the situation with that? Sometimes, it depends. Well, what, what I normally do is um, it's very important. Let's just backtrack. It's very important when you put music on your podcast. It's very important that you don't infringe any copyright. Now, there are a number of websites out there where you can get music which is effectively royalty-free. And what that means is that you basically pay one reasonably small charge up front. And once you've paid that, basically you are free to use it in your podcast, which obviously will be played all over the place and and again and again. So it's like an upfront charge. It's very important to get royalty-free music uh, wherever you can. And there are one or two places on the internet where you can get that from. So and we'll put those on the show notes, basically. Okay, is that the music we put at the beginning and end of this show? It is. That music was from a from a royalty free site, and I, I just paid once. It was about something like eighteen dollars, and I just uh, the nice thing about these these websites is that you can buy it sort of when you, when you buy the music, you basically get it uh, in like a thirty second, twenty second, or fifteen second burst, and it also gives you these nice little sort of loops where they've been edited in such a way that you can like put these loops end to end, and the music just sort of carries on forever. So that's great for putting in the background when you do. Oh, you have the background music, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, once you've recorded your podcast, you've got the audio on there, you've kind of put the backing and sound and that kind of thing on. Um, how do you actually get it out there? We've talked about technically how you get it out there, but how do you go yeah. about promoting it from there on in? Well, promotion is a big thing, and there's actually quite, there's lots and lots you can do to promote your podcast. One of the things that is really important that not a lot of people realise is that when you do a podcast, it's a very, very good idea to do your utmost to have some kind of web page that goes with it. And okay. blogs work particularly well. So if you're going to do a podcast, in an absolute ideal world, the way you, you would do it, you would decide on the title of your podcast, you know, the the, the, the bloody bloody blah podcast. And if you can, it's not always possible or, or pertinent to do this, but if you can, get a specific domain for that podcast. So you have www.bloody-bloody-bloody.com. And it's, it's a good idea to perhaps put a blog on there so that each time you release an episode, there's an entry in the blog for that episode. Well, it doesn't have to be a blog, although blogs work very well. You could just simply have a page for each episode. And on that page, it's a really good idea to have the description of your podcast and really try and optimise it using the sort of SEO techniques that we talked about, talked about before. So, you know, you need to have previously thought, well, what are the key phrases that... I sound a bit like you, Daniel, now, don't I? What, you are. You've always been learning from yeah, all these podcasts. And for each episode you want to be trying to do the same again so you've got to be thinking well this episode is about such and such and such what are the key phrases so you've got two sets of key phrases there and your website or or the page for the podcast really needs to be optimised for those key phrases and in addition to that each page for each episode or each blog entry if it's a blog again you want to make the text as optimised as possible for those key phrases because what you're doing then is when somebody is searching 
say in Google or Yahoo, maybe they're searching on, on something to do with, with what your podcast is about, they're more likely to fall upon your page. And of course the page will have a link to the feed if you want to subscribe to it, and it will have a sort of play now button, which is another very good thing to do. But there's another quite clever technique you can use. I mean, there's, there's lots of techniques, but another one I just want to talk about because it seems okay. to be an upcoming area. And, and you actually probably know a little bit more than me about this, Daniel. It's this whole concept of social tagging. And I've read a lot of articles recently and looked at a lot of blogs that are really saying that, you know, this, this, this could, could be the new way of, of, of sort of getting your content recognized on the web. And the idea is that whenever you put a new episode up or you, or you put a new series up, you then go to the social tagging sites, now such, as, such as Delicious and Furl, and you tag either that episode, and you know, choose your own tag words that are relevant, or you, or, or, and you tag also the series. So, for example, when I put um, a, a, an episode of, of Internet Marketing up, Actually, I haven't been as religious as perhaps I should have, but for a lot of the episodes, I've also gone to Delicious and I've tagged them myself. And the good thing about that is that eventually other people may sort of, you know, be searching on those tags and they may come across your link. And of course, the more people that think, well, actually, that's a very good match and that's a very good podcast, they'll also put their weight against the link. And what you end up with, as, as you probably already know, is these social um, tagging sites, you end up with a kind of like a, a, a more human-based version of what Google does. So Google has these complex algorithms and it tries to determine, you know, how relevant a site is. But with these tagging, these social tagging networks, it's human beings that are deciding how relevant the tags are. So it really is quite a powerful concept and it's something that I'm certainly starting to use more and more of. Well, yeah, we're seeing it be used a lot more and it's the fact that you can submit yourself to say this is what the content's about. You're not relying on a search engine to decide yeah. that. And then that's, that's kind of yes or no by, by individual looking at that content. So it can work from any type of content as well, from video, podcast, web pages. So it's very interesting Absolutely. technology. I think it's really yeah. going to move on. There's some, some really clever tricks you can do as well by looking at what, what some of the more sort of common tags are at the time. And you can get an idea of what's, you know, what, what's hot at the moment. And it, it, you, you can actually even use this, this technique to th sort of decide what subject your podcast will be on at a particular time. Because if you, for example, if there's a big news story going around and there's, and, and there's a lot of people sort of searching on the tag, like, for example, when that gentleman uh, sadly passed away a few weeks ago, and I'm, I'm terribly sorry, I've forgotten his name, but the, the guy that did all the animal stuff, and he, he, he died uh, a couple of weeks ago, there was a lot of tagging to do with his name. And quite a lot of people put blogs up and podcasts up, you know, about him. And I'm sure they were very popular because a lot of people were searching at the time. That's just an example. No, I think yeah, you think you're right. I th yeah, I think it's it's really going to kind of affect the way the internet goes forward. So I think possibly we should do an episode on the uh, on that. Quite possibly completely. a good idea, in fact. Okay, absolutely. Well, I think that, uh, that that gives us a good introduction to podcasting. Mm. So hopefully we'll see lots of our. Uh, our listeners getting out there and um, starting their own podcast. I would highly recommend it. Of course, obviously, if you uh, you can record your own podcast, I don't know if, if you want some help doing that. Both my company and this will be able to help you out in that mm -hmm. kind of thing. So uh, get in touch, obviously, for the, for the normal ways, and we'll give you the details at the end how you get in touch. So um, I've really enjoyed that, actually, Daniel, being being on the receiving end of the questions. Oh, I think I think uh, I think there's a good bit of information in there for our listeners. I do as well. So how can people contact? us or you probably primarily you Daniel okay well if they um, they want to email us they can email us at info at academyinternet.com or they can call us on 44 that's if you're outside the UK 
or if you're in the UK, you can call us on 01273 733 433. Fantastic. And Daniel, do you know what we're covering next week? Um, I think next time we'll be looking at the issues surrounding accessibility, um, which is all about making your website accessible to everyone, whether they have any form of disability or not. Okay, well, that sounds good to me. So, folks, um, have a great week. And don't forget to subscribe. Press that subscribe button on iTunes. And do leave us a comment. And if you want to be famous and appear on our podcast, send us a little MP3 file with a question on and we'll do our best to answer it. We'll be happy to play that. Have a great week, folks, and we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. Internet Marketing was brought to you by summitsolutions.co.uk. to understand how marketing is changing and how that will affect your brand, you need Future Proof, the podcast from Kantar that tells you how to find growth. Created in conjunction with Side Business School at Oxford University, the Future Proof podcast provides a unique perspective on what truly makes a difference. To understand what's winning in marketing, subscribe to Future Proof, a Kantar podcast now. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK.